if you have your Bibles with me, turn to Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. We're continuing our series on the book of Hebrews. Um, We looked at verse 11 last week, but we're going to look at it again because verses 12 to 13 connect to it. And so far in our series, we have been reminded of the constant theme that's been bashing in our heads, that Jesus is better. Period. Jesus is better. And since he is better, how much more to lose if we do not seek after him? Jesus is better. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Let's pray before reading God's word. Let's pray together. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for all that you've done already and all that you continue to do. Thank you so much for the gospel of your son, Jesus Christ, in whom we have life. Thank you that you would care for us even though we've, we are not only not deserving, but we are ill-deserving. We, we mess up every day. We continue to mess up. And even, t- even at times when we know what we should do, we don't do it. And we've been born in sin. We've been rebels against you. We hated you. But you loved us still. And your love has been evidenced as Jesus, your son, was nailed to a tree for our sins. Why would you do such a thing? How could you do such a thing for for us? Thank you so much for the gospel. Some of us here today, and maybe some of those who are watching us on live stream, have been struggling to believe this. Would you help us believe this? Would you help us to believe with everything in us that Jesus is indeed better and he is our life. Please be with us as we read, listen to your word, and hear it preached. Help us in your spirit to behold Jesus again, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Um, I want to remind you that this is God's word. Hear now his word. Let us, therefore, strive to enter that rest, so that no one may fall by that same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrows, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, I have one point in this whole sermon. It's three verses, but the point is simple. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's it. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And And before we get to our verses, I'm going to start with a brief recap of the past few weeks. It's going to be super brief. We're going to look at two verses. Try to stay with me. Try to understand these verses because they're important for the following verses. 
Hebrews 3.19, the author says, We see that they, the Israelites, were unable to enter. Enter what? The rest of God, God's rest, because of unbelief. Their unbelief prevented them from entering to God's rest. It was their unbelief. And then Hebrews 4, 6, the second half of it says, those who formerly received the good news, the gospel, failed to enter because of disobedience. Their disobedience prevented them from entering God's rest. So unbelief and disobedience, how do we synthesize the two? In other words, the Israelites failed to enter God's rest because of their unbelief and the consequence of their unbelief, which is disobedience. Their, dis- their unbelief was manifested outwardly into disobedience, but they failed to enter because of their unbelief. This is a gospel-believing issue. This is a gospel-believing issue. I'm going to say it in modern-day terms. Church-going Gospel-hearing people fail to enter God's rest because they did not believe the gospel. Because they did not believe the gospel. The consequence and fruit of their unbelief is disobedience. But at the root of their disobedience is unbelief. This is a gospel-believing problem. Gospel-believing issue. Then the author of Hebrew makes his way to verse 11, and that's where we're going to begin today. Believe the gospel. So let's look at verse 11 together. Look at verse 11 with me. The author says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by that same sort of disobedience. Let us therefore strive to... So what does he mean, let us therefore strive to enter into that rest? Remember the two verses we looked at before? How did they not enter? Unbelief. So what does it mean? Let us therefore strive to enter that rest, enter God's rest. Strive to believe the gospel. Strive to believe the gospel. Why? So that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. What kind of disobedience? What sort of disobedience? The sort of disobedience which is rooted in unbelief. The sort of disobedience which is a consequence of unbelief. Strive to believe the gospel. And it's kind of weird because the author of Hebrews is talking to people who have heard the gospel. And he says this. Why is he saying this? Because people can go all, through all their lives hearing the gospel, surrounded by the people of God, and they will still not believe the gospel. He's talking to Christians, to Jewish Christians. The Israelites who were led out of Egypt did not enter into God's rest. They heard the gospel, but it did not benefit them because they were not united through faith. That's verse 11. So here's the question. As the author says to the Jewish Christians, I'm going to say to you, uh, I'm going to say it in the form of a question though. Are you striving to enter God's rest? Are you striving to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Are you striving 
to believe the gospel of Jesus? Are you striving to believe the gospel? Okay. We are all sin- we are all sinners. We are dead in our trespasses and sins. I sinned yesterday and I hate it so much. But I confessed my sins. What does the gospel say to that? You are forgiven. Am I really forgiven? I don't feel like it. I feel so wrong and so dirty. I feel like God's going to kill me. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus. Strive to believe it. Man, my spouse or my significant other really made me mad. I'm so bitter. I'm so bitter. What does this gospel say to you? Jesus forgave you. Do you believe that? Like, no, nah, man, I'm just, I'm just I'm going to forget about it by watching TV. Don't watch TV. Listen to the gospel. Strive to believe it so that you can also give it to your spouse or your significant other. Strive to believe the gospel. I'm going to give you a very, very quick gospel in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews 1.13 says, God's Son made purification for your sin and is seated at the majesty, on the right hand of the majesty on high. Purification for sins. Hebrews 1.9 says, Jesus, who was made crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Hebrews 2.14-15 says, Jesus became, essentially says, Jesus became man and destroyed the devil who has the power of death and delivered you from lifelong slavery. Some of us are always saying to ourselves, man, I can't win against my sin. Man, I can't, I can't, there's nothing I can do about it. I'm enslaved by it. That's not what the gospel says. You are free from, you can say no if you are a believer. Are you striving to believe it or have you resigned to your sin? It doesn't matter if, you, if you've been struggling for 20 years now. Are you striving to believe the gospel? Hebrews 2, 17 to 18, this is the last one I'm going to say, or at least reference. says, Jesus was made like man in every respect so that he can be a merciful and faithful high priest to make propitiations, or propitiation for the sins of the people. God's wrath has been placated. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Man, Jesus doesn't understand what I'm going through. That's not what it says. Jesus doesn't understand my wife. That's not what it says. Jesus doesn't understand my temptation in my room at night. That's not what it says. Jesus can't help me. That's not what it says. Jesus can help because he himself was tempted. Are you striving to believe this gospel? Are you striving to enter into God's rest? Are you striving to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? So my point again is, strive to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to try to combat something because I know that sin is deceitful and I do this all the time to myself. So here we go. To strive to enter into God's rest is an active verb. It's something you are called to do. It's not something that happens to you. So if you see yourself not striving to enter into God's rest, not striving to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, not active, 
then you may fall by the same sort of disobedience and God will bar you from entering his rest. So we saw the exhortation, strive to believe the gospel, and here's the warning. The more passive you become in your believing, the more liable you are to apostasy, the more liable you are to fall away from God. Exhortation, strive to believe. The more passive you come, the more liable you are to apostasy. You can't, there is no in-between. It's either you're striving or you're not. But um, let me clarify, if you're making one-step progress, you take 20 and take 19 backwards, you're striving. Praise God for that. I'm talking about being passive completely, not caring at all. Jesus is a Sunday thing, and that's it. If you're not striving, it is a real danger. And the author of Hebrews gives you an example of the Israelites. It happened to them. They did not enter God's rest. Please do not be passive and believe in the gospel. Strive to believe the gospel now when you walk out of this room. And I'm going to try to combat something again. I'm not talking about the confession you made 5, 10, 15 years ago at a retreat or the spiritual high you had at the retreat. I'm not talking about whether, about your Jesus necklace, your Jesus shirt, your Jesus earrings, your Jesus parents, your Jesus keychain, your Jesus album that you made last year, which would be awesome to listen to if you have an album. I'm not talking about, praise God for all those things. Those are good things. Praise God for them. But are you striving to believe what all those things are pointing to? All those things are all about the gospel of Jesus. Are you striving? Do whatever, whatever you got to do to strive to believe the gospel of Jesus insofar as it's good and not sinful. Do whatever you got to do. Let me give you some examples. Study your Bible. Go to community group. Go to church. You guys are here. Um, join us on live. Um, join prayer. We definitely don't want to pray, but join it anyway because our spirits love it. Our flesh hates it. Ask questions. If you're struggling with sin, go, go get some help. Go talk to your pastors. Go talk to your church members. Do not be passive. If you're struggling with doubts, do not be passive. Be active about it. If you're struggling with the hardness of your heart because your heart is so numb and you've been trying for years and years and you are just stuck, do not be passive. Kill it. Figure something out. Have, have people pray for you if you are too hard to pray for yourself. Strive. Strive to believe the gospel. Believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Make it, make it your effort. So that's verse 11. So the author of Hebrews says in verse 11, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. Why should, the author's talking to Jewish Christians, why should the Jewish Christians strive to enter that rest? And then verses 12 through 13 gives you the reason. Let's look at it together. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, 
and discerning of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. The reason the Jewish Christians should strive to enter into God's rest, to strive to believe the gospel, is because of verses 12 and 13. Um, so this part is a little bit complicated because... Um, people have understood these verses in two ways, and they are the polar opposites. And maybe it's on purpose because God's word is sharper than a two-edged sword. Maybe God intended both meanings. But I want to give you both meanings because I believe both of them are valid, and if not, both are true. I hold to one view, but I'm not going to tell you which one. But before I give you both meanings, I'm going to give you a little... Bible hermeneutic. If these verses are unclear to you, then hold it loosely. But hold tightly to what is clear to you, which is verse 11. Strive. Strive to believe the gospel. Strive to believe the gospel. That's clear. And now we're going to look at verses 12 and 13. I'm going to give you both um, ways we can understand them. The two ways to understand verses 12 to 13 are that these verses are serving as a warning or it's serving as an exhortation, warning or exhortation. And we're going to look at exhortation first because I hear this view less than the other one, although I do believe it is valid. So here we go. Verse 11 says, strive. The reason a Christian should strive to enter into God's rest is because the word of God is very much present. It's living. It's active. It, it's not just for the Israelites, hundreds and hundreds. And, it's not dead and inactive today. It is living and active. Every time someone becomes a Christian because they heard the gospel preached to them, it's because the word of God is living and active today. Every time someone's in their room by themselves reading the Bible and they weep over their sins because they're convicted, it's because the Word of God is living and active today. Every time we try to compromise our sin, but we hear the Word of God going against us and against what we want, it's because the Word of God is living and active today. It is living and active today. The Word of God does not return to Him void. It goes out and accomplishes its purpose. And the reason we should strive to believe the gospel is because the Word of God is living and active, and it's because the Word of God is sharp and discerning. It's, it's not like a television, television or a computer. It's not a distract-yourself-remedy. It penetrates your heart. It applies the gospel to the deepest part of you and addresses the most complex and the most twisted parts of you. It is sharp. It is discerning. And then we see verse 13, and God does not overlook, overlook you. He sees everything. He sees you as you truly are without the filters, without the pretense, without the cover-ups. You are naked and exposed before him. Strive to believe the gospel because the word of God is. And God sees. There is nothing greater that was the exhortation now we're going to look at the warning 
maybe you understand these verses as a warning. The reason a Christian should strive to enter to God's rest or to believe the gospel is because the word of God knows everything about you and what you truly believe. You can't hide. No matter how much a Christian may try to compromise, try to hide, try to deceive, the word of God is living and active. It speaks for itself and it will defend itself. It penetrates the deepest of the deep and there is no deceiving the word of God. No matter how much we try, hypocrisy, manipulation, deceit are all uncovered before it. The word of God knows everything inside of you and God sees everything. The word of God will discern whether you truly believe or not. So the warning functions similar to this. It's, it's like verse 11 is saying, strive to believe the gospel so that your passivity will not kill you because you cannot, this is verse 12, because you cannot deceive the word of God. And the verse 13, and yes, God sees you for who you are absolutely, perfectly, and clearly. That was the warning. Exhortation and warning but strive to believe the gospel. Um, I had a professor at uh, the same school that we saw Dr. Carl um, Reformed Theological Seminary. His name was Dr. Derek Thomas. And one day in class, uh, he's talking to all these students who are pursuing to become ministers. And one day in class, he said to us, um, it is not your job to assure people of their salvation. And these are all like wannabe ministers. And we're like, what? Of course it's our job. We got to preach the gospel and assure people of their salvation. And he's like, it's not your job. And we're like, we don't know what this guy's teaching, but I don't know if it's right. So. And then he says, it is God's job to assure people of their salvation because God saves and not you. And we're like, that sounds about right. And then he goes on to say, your job is not to give them a false sense of assurance. Your job is to confront them, give them, expose to them what God says in his word and let them deal with what God says. And if God says they are saved, then they can get proper assurance from God. Your only job is to show them what God says. You cannot speak for God. Let God speak for himself. It's God's job. Do you trust the word of God? Do you trust? I mean, who cares what I say to you if it's not God's word? And who cares what you say about yourself if it's not God? I think I'm saved because I did so and so. I don't care. Who cares? But tell me that God said it, then I'm like, okay, now I'm listening. Because it's God's rest. It's his rest. And it's his standards. What does God say? If you don't know, then go to him in his word. What is God's word convicting you of? What does God say? Because the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrows, 
and discern the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Strive to enter into God's rest. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus more and more. Maybe you've done it 10 years ago, but I'm talking about now. Strive to believe it because the more passive you become, the more liable you are to fall away. You've got to strive to believe it. And we know this every day. It's so hard to become a Christian and to stay a Christian. Listen to the warning. Listen to the exhortation. Taste the rest of God now and believe in the gospel and feast on it forever when Jesus comes back. Do whatever you got to do to strive to believe the gospel insofar as it's good and not sinful. Study your Bible, go to community group, join prayer, ask questions, do not be passive. Strive to believe the gospel. And um, I want to teach you the devil's trick. I don't know if it's his trick, but I'm pretty sure it's his trick. This happens all the time. Um, Pastor Kevin, man, we should pray. I'm like, man, I got to pray. I pray. Uh, but, but let me do this first. And then three weeks later, I'm like, oh, man, I forgot to pray for this person. It happens all the time. Strive. Don't delay it. Do not delay it. All right. With that said, I want to give you some scenarios that may help you understand what striving into God's rest may mean. And these are things that I've heard from people over my life, and maybe I won't hit your scenario, but try to understand the principle. Pastor Kevin, I have sinned over and over and over and over and over again, and it's been 10 years I've been struggling, and 10 years I've been losing. No victory once. What if I already fell to the same sort of disobedience that this verse is talking about? It sounds like you need rest. And not any rest, but the rest of God. Strive to enter into God's rest by confessing your sins and believe what God has said in his gospel. Well, how, how do I know if I'm forgiven? Did you confess your sins? I mean, I, yes, I confess my sins. What does God say if you confess your sins? God is just and faithful to forgive me of my sins. Do you believe that? If not, strive to believe it. Well, what if I don't, I don't feel like God's forgiven me? It sounds like you need to strive to believe it and to enter into that rest. It sounds like you need to strive to believe the gospel of Jesus, not just intellectually, but emotionally. Not just in your head, but you need to root it in your heart. You need to strive to do it. How do I know if I'm striving to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Because in him, you will find rest. You'll be like, God has forgiven me. Praise God. This guilt has no power over me. Well, Pastor Kevin, what if I sin again? It sounds like the fear of the possibility of sin is making you restless. It sounds like you need to strive to enter into God's rest. 
it sounds like you need to strive to believe the, G- the gospel of Jesus. But Pastor Kevin, I, that's great and all, but what if I sin again? Know that the gospel not only grants you forgiveness in Jesus Christ, but grants you the very spirit of the resurrected Jesus, that spirit that has conquered death and sin. And that spirit resides in every believer. Of course you can win. Of course you can win. The same Jesus that's conquered sin and death lives inside of you. Of course you can win. Yes, sin is so strong, but Jesus is immeasurably stronger. Now what sin is stronger than Jesus? Why do you believe so much in your sin and disbelieve so much in the spirit that lives in you? Strive to enter into God's rest. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus. Sin may make you restless, but Jesus gives you rest. I got one more scenario. Well, Pastor Kevin, I'm not sinning as much as I have before. So isn't that good? Praise God for that. Praise God. But the question is not, are you backsliding? The question is, are you striving to enter into God's rest? Are you making every effort to believe the gospel? Um, the tendency in my experience with people who go, I'm not sinning as much, is, is a tendency to be legalistic. It's the tendency to earn your righteousness. That's not the question. Praise God you're not sinning as much. Praise God for that. But the question is, are you striving? Are you being active? I'm not asking if you're falling. I'm asking if you're striving. Strive to enter into God's rest, which believers will feast on when Jesus comes back, but which believers can taste now in the gospel. Gospel. Don't be passive. For Christians, Jesus is the best. There is no contest. And every day, we're haunted and attacked to not to be distracted from that to be unfulfilled or to be fulfilled less. But strive to believe the gospel. Um, I'm going to end with this. I said this twice now. I'm going to say it one more time. Do whatever you got to do insofar as it's good and not sinful to strive to believe the gospel. Do whatever you got to do. Do not be passive. The, te- the temptation is to think that this does not apply to me. And, the, and that temptation may lead you to passivity, which will kill you. Because think about it this way, as the author of Hebrews said, all the Israelites that saw the miracles and signs of God, that walked in between waters, they didn't enter into God's rest because of their unbelief. And if they can do, if that can happen to them, what makes it not happen to us? Strive, strive, strive to believe the gospel. If your heart is hard, which I'm pretty sure um, that's probably the most common thing, I'm guessing though, but do what you got to do. Go turn on some Christian tunes. Wear that Jesus shirt again and look at it. 
read the Bible. Talk to your brother. Talk to your sister. They're like, pray for me. Please pray for me. Like, this is serious. My soul is on the line. Pray for me. Like, I'm, I'm playing this game 24-7. I'm never looking at the Bible. Dude, t- just take this game from me. Just take it. You, you can break it. You can sell it on eBay. If you are addicted, do whatever you got to do. Believe the gospel. Strive to believe the gospel of Jesus. Let's pray together. Uh, Father in heaven, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the author of Hebrews who is genuinely concerned with the faith of the Jewish Christians and how his word applies to us today. Father, may, may we not be passive, but may we love you. May we believe in the gospel that you have given. Will you reignite the tiny embers in our heart into a fanning flame that loves you and that desires you? Will you bring us back to our first love and maybe even supersede our first love for you? Father, help us for we're so weak. Help us to go and get accountability. Help us to read the Bible. Help us in any way, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, strip the distractions from us. We need you. We need you. I don't want to just believe the gospel yesterday, but I want to believe it every day until I see my belief come to sight. Thank you so much for, for this good news. Thank you so much that you would give your son how undeserving we are, but thank you that, it, that he's still here and that the gospel is still here. We love you. Thank you for first loving us, and we pray all this in Jesus' name.